0: Hello, Maggie? Oh, my God, Maggie. Maggie. I hate you. Please help me. Ah. Oh, help me, Maggie, please. I'm desperate. The parenting world is full of advice. Some of it's good, some of it not so good. So who do you trust? I'm Maggie Dent, and they call me the queen of common sense when it comes to parenting. And in these special Help Me Maggie episodes on parental as anything, you get to ask me the sticky, tricky parenting questions you're dying to get the answers to. Do you have a kid who seems to be always telling porky pies? (laughs) Well, that's today's question and it's from a frustrated mum who wonders if it might just be karma coming back to bite her. Hi, Maggie. My name is Jasmine. I'm a mum of three boys, a nearly seven-year-old and nearly five-year-old twins. My question is, how do I handle my eldest son being sneaky and lying to me? He takes things from my drawers and my cupboards without me knowing. He does things like opens the chook house and lets the chooks out and then denies the fact that he's done it even though there was no one else that could have possibly done it how do I address this with him without shaming him or making him feel terrible or is this just my comeuppance because I was a bit of a sneaky child too help Oh, oh, Mama, this one really did make me have a chuckle. This kind of could have been me with my number three whoopsie. I remember being a bit sneaky, and but I was the fifth of six, so I felt it was the fact no one even noticed I was there, so it was okay. But you do notice he's got two little brothers, so sometimes sneakiness is um, is a way of getting a little bit more of what we feel we deserve because no one notices us. It's a really interesting one. Okay, let me start with um, the sneakiness and then I'm going to come to the lying. Now, that sneaky behaviour is actually a sign of a kind of creative and confident child who knows what they would like and knows that if I went and asked you, they wouldn't get it. So there's a really good chance that it would be better if I did it myself. Now, why do they not own up to it? And that, we'll come to that in a moment, is because they really don't want to get growled at. They, they're they frightened of the consequences afterwards and they don't want to disappoint us. And yet they know they did it. So even though it, it seems like a behaviour that I can hear, people he needs a good bit of punishment around that, that will soon stop it. But in actual fact, I think sometimes sneaky people early on as children, you know, the ones that sneaked a couple of, a bit of money out of mum or dad's purse or wallet and went and bought lollies. We can't do that now because no one has coins. Or they sneaked something they really liked of their siblings and hid it in their room for a while. What they're trying to do is just create a better world for themselves. And I don't know that that's all bad. It doesn't mean to say that we let them get away with it. So I noticed that your son is seven and I'm sure you're wondering, is this just a stage and will he grow out of it? The fact that he's seven would be suggesting to me he's going to need some guidance from you to be able to change his behaviour. Children naturally tell lots more lies and manipulate their world between kind of four and six where the real world and the imaginary world blend a bit. But by seven, you're going to now look at how do I change this habitual behaviour, which it has become. So it's a habit. How do we unhabit it and create new habits that are more respectful, more fair and more kind in your family without shaming them or making them feel that there's something bad, naughty or wrong with them. I'm going to let you know on my sneaky son, mine was a bit of a sugar um, freak a bit, and there were times I would see the ice cream container in the fridge with the lid off and a spoon in it, which probably meant he was having a go at the ice cream when I accidentally came home too early. And also when I went to bake some biscuits on the weekend, maybe chalky chip ones, and the chalky chip packet is exactly where I put it in the pantry. But when I get it down, it's completely empty and he's cut very carefully at the back and just eaten them all. But, But there's only one person in the house. So I am going to say what I did every time was I did approach him and said, there seems to be some chocolate chips missing and you're probably the most likely person. So you do know that is being dishonest and it is a form of stealing. And I really, really hope that that's something you will outgrow because I want you to grow up to be an honest and trustworthy man one day. So even though they did it, I knew they did it. And you're exactly right. I didn't want to shame them because I didn't want to ruin that relationship with them because they're going to need some of my coaching over the over the years, they're more likely to listen to us if we keep running that slightly different way of acknowledging the sneakiness. So, again, it's not all bad and it's not all of us. And is it hereditary? Well, I had one and you had one, so possibly that could be some new research that the world needs to get to. The lying. Let's touch on lying um, now, obviously, your son here is telling lies about getting caught, but I want to say that um, the research around lying shows that it's actually a sign of emotional maturity because you can manipulate the real world and the unreal world. So it's, not, it's actually a sign your cl- child's a bit clever. The second one is that that frightened of consequences, again, we have to talk a lot to these children about being accountable for their poor choices. Now, notice I didn't say accountable for being naughty or accountable for being bad. I said being accountable for making poor choices. And then we have to help them work out how to make better choices. So being able to really encourage them to own up to those things truthfully is a sign that they would get more respect and even possibly you know, they're all hungry for more loving connection, more loving connection, because we really do value honesty. And then I would have those general conversations at bath time and around the dining table of real stories of other children or other grown ups who have made poor choices and who've come to be honest about it. Because we're demonstrating to them how much we value honesty without shaming and trying to punish them to be honest, which is a really, really different thing. And then, under that, you need to have that conversation about telling lies. So, sometimes we tell little fibs. We tell little fibs to our mother in law. We tell little fibs to our friends about where things are and our siblings. But if we're doing it, so we don't hurt their feelings and upset them. It's different to when we make up lies deliberately designed to hurt. So that's gossip and completely false things. That's that conversation that we really want all of our kids to be able to know the difference, that sometimes we tell a fib so that we avoid hurting someone, but other times it's very, very different. Now, one of the things that we also saw that you wrote into us was about remorse and you're worried they don't have any remorse. Now, this is something that can really influence this sort of a situation because they actually feel they're entitled. And that really is a whole different kettle of fish to a child who just wants to do things because they want a little bit more of you than they feel they're getting. And notice that's not attention it is connection. So if you have a child doing these sorts of things, I'd also make a little bit of one-on-one time with them just to make sure their love cup is feeling secure because sometimes kids do these sorts of things because they want a bit more of you. If they can't get you in a lovely, positive, warm, loving way, they'll have you in in a crabby way because they're still winning, if that makes some sense. So again, if this continues, I'd probably get a guinea pig in the house. I know that sounds ridiculous, but... When children are lacking empathy, where they need something very small and gentle with which to be able to bond with, and that means, you know, patting and feeding and, and really they kind of build that softness into the heart if they don't have any. And I do recommend that with any children who lack empathy, you know, start with a little guinea pig, a little one because they're so cute and beautiful and they will soften the heart in a way that none of our lectures can do. So I hope that's helpful, Mama, that, um, yep, it's not all bad being sneaky or telling lies. However, you still have a big job. Remember, our job is to discipline our children, to teach and guide them how to make better choices because it is the right thing to do. And you know that question of karma? How beautiful is it? Because it was a mirror to me and I'm sure it's been a mirror to you not sure it's genetic. And it is really interesting how often we have a child who shows us who we were as a child and who challenges us to be a very different parent to the one that we might have had when we were being that child. And if you have a question for me, I'd love to hear it. All you have to do is record it on a voice recording app on your phone and email it to me along with your name and mobile number to parentalasanything at abc.net.au. Coming up next time, is your child having a hard time at school? Are they coming home saying, I hate school? Or are they getting those regular Sunday night stomach aches or showing other signs of anxiety? School resistance and refusal is on the rise. At the end of each lockdown, it got harder and harder for my daughter to walk back in that classroom. And it culminated with one morning with my daughter clinging to the school fence, bawling her eyes out while all the other children walked into the classroom. And I felt completely hopeless as a parent. What to do about it and who to go to for help. That's next on parental as anything with me, Maggie Dent. Until then, keep breathing. You really have got this.